Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. I'm Larry. And I'm Vince. Welcome to the show where we talk all things cryptid, Sasquatch, aliens, hauntings, and anything paranormal you would like to share with us. You can reach us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. So settle in, open your mind, and enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. We're here doing it once again. I'm here with my brother Vince. Vince, give me a shout out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CCR 505 studios. That's right. We're here doing it like we do always, just for you. That's right. Uh, today, we're going to talk about um, Sasquatch, because <laughs> that's our favorite subject. And if you're tuning in, we know it's yours, too. Right. Right? So... Anyway, let's start it off tonight. Uh, like I was, I was talking to my brother off camera. There's a couple of theories that have come to my mind, and they're probably wrong, but nonetheless, it's just a theory. So I was earlier watching a new History Channel documentary that they just recently put on YouTube, and it's about giants that they've discovered the remains of in like Kentucky in the Ozarks in the Appalachian Mountain area. And, you know, that's that's rugged territory there. But they went into caves and they found remains. Now, I was telling my brother, one, it's a reenactment, of course, but some of the remains they found were eight and a half feet tall. And they were saying, and that's just not the only one. Throughout the state, they have found many, many remains that big or bigger, and they've documented them, and they go back. Of course, you know, the History Channel is going to take you to the history of the area, and they talk about a lot of giants living in there. My theory is we didn't see the actual bones dug up. They haven't showed that to us. But everyone's saying, why don't we find squatch bones and there have been theories that they buried their dead. Right. So eight and a half feet in that area, why couldn't have that been a squatch that's dead? Now, they dug these bones up, and these bones were still white, according to them. So they haven't been there for a long time. No. They're not petrified. They're not fossilized. So, And, the, and they haven't returned to dust to the earth, so it can't be that long. Right, especially if they're still white. They're right. It must be a pretty recent bone. Well, that's what I'm thinking, and that's why that. That's why this is a theory of mine. You can either believe it or not. <laughs> Call Ripley. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, do you see why it would enter my mind? Yeah. Because yeah. people say, "Oh, they were eight, nine feet tall," and and we saw the female or the juveniles. The juvenile was five foot tall. So these creatures are humongous. They're big. Well, like we've talked about, depending on the area you go to. But in the Kentucky area, they've always said seven, eight foot, you know. Right. So not like the Alaska area where they say, or up near Canada or in Canada, where they say they're 12 feet tall max, because that's yeah. 12 feet tall is big. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And when he was telling me this story, um, the first thing that popped into my head is, what did the skull look like? 
But he told me in the reenactment they just used a regular human skull, skull just, you know, for TV purposes, unearthing it. And yeah. uh, I think if they would show the original skull, that would tell us a lot more. Well, and that's what I'm saying. If they truly found these bones and it's of this stature and the skeleton remains were all intact, do an actual photo and show us. Right, or do like. a video so we could have different angles and right, right. Uh, and now, and we were also talking about a, an episode of Expedition Bigfoot they did in that same area, where they found a hand a handprint that had been uh, fossilized in the rock. Right now, this handprint it was pretty huge. Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. Now, just my guess, the size of that handprint, I w- I would guess that whoever made that is maybe bigger than eight and a half feet. Could be. Well, and let's look at there's a famous rock with a big footprint in it. And that footprint is, that footprint's like three feet. Right, right. And it's huge. So if there was a man, because that's not a primate footprint, that's a man, a human footprint. So if there were truly giants on the earth, that fossilized rock, which was once mud that they stepped in, proves it. Right. I mean, who carves that in rock? <laughs> right, right. And, and uh, you know, as far as not finding the Bigfoot bodies, I know we, we've all heard that, you know, that's one of the... Uh, the One of the theories. One, well, uh, not only theory, it's the ammunition that the non-believers use. Well, just and, just and like same thing with the bear, you know, bear. And, uh, there you go. I was going to the same place you went because people say, well, show me a bear. Right, and it's uh, it's very rare you come across a bear carcass or bear bones. That's because but, uh, they go up high. Today. Like with the Sasquatch in particular, I think they spend most of their lifetime uh, high in the mountains or at least in areas where men do not go or not frequently anyway. So yeah. if, if one were to die, uh, even if they didn't bury it, the forest would reclaim it pretty quick where... The next time somebody went through there, they might not even see it. It could right. be in the thick. Because when people tend to travel through the forest, where do we travel on a path, on a game trail? We don't get into the thick stuff. And, uh, no. you know, a, a Sasquatch is probably like any other wild animal. If it's sick or wounded, it's going to go uh, bed down and under a bush or, or hide or go somewhere to die. Right. I, I mean, but you you brought up a valid point. These creatures don't walk the beaten path like we do. They don't go through the game trails. They, they stay in the thick of things because, for one, obviously it camouflages them. Right. They don't want us to see them. And that's been proven with almost every sighting saying, if I want to slow down or I want to see the lights or the reflection of the eyes, that I would have never known it was there. Right, exactly. So they don't walk the beaten path. They do stay in the thick of the brush or and you, they want to they want to be camouflaged they don't want us to see them because we are a threat to them right and um not only that i was thinking if, if i was in the forest and uh maybe i was sick i was gonna die maybe somebody tried to <laughs> chop, chop me up with the chainsaw <laughs> but if i were i knew my time was short I would probably go hide under a bush because I wouldn't want the coyotes or a mountain lion to start eating me before I'm dead. Right? No, I mean, and they would, and you wouldn't be able to get away. Right. Oh, that would suck. Yep. That would. I but mean, no. that, that's just what goes through my mind. That's one of the reasons we haven't found, uh, why I, I, don't, I can't say we haven't found any bones. We just, huh? it's not in the news or publicized, but, you know, certain things that happen, 
A lot of it gets swept under the table. A lot of it's not even reported due to fear of ridicule or right. you know, I, and this I, guy is out of his mind. I mean, think about it. If you came to some people and you brought that to just the average, your neighbor, they'd look at you like, what? Right. It, you know, people do. I mean, it's getting acceptance more and more now. But even 12 years ago, you'd be a crackpot. Right. And think even back then... Uh, everyone just looks at squatchers and people that believe in paranormal. Uh, I, there's a certain population that just refuses to believe in anything. Right, and a lot of that population are the the people who stay within the confines of the city. Right. They don't want to go out. You know, they're in a bubble. Uh, you know, man created these cities to protect us while we think we're protected from the forest and the monsters <laughs> and stuff. That's why, we, you know, everyone gathers in communities, right. safety in numbers. But yet while we gather in these communities, we depend on a certain type of agriculture that could fail while these creatures are out there, as well as the, the, the game that we once hunted because no one's hunting anymore. Right. In the wilderness, there's a population explosion which creates disease and and these creatures are just feasting they're they're like ain't it's never been a better time to be alive because why we're not hunting them anymore right exactly and like we've talked about where we go there's plenty of game right and saying that on that note that's probably why the population of these creatures is starting to take off and we're getting more sightings because i could see it when we were competing with them for the food chain that, yeah, you know, we're taking half of there and the weak, the sick would die off easy. Right. As to where I think now they could, they could hunt a little easier. and Right. And like we said, everything's around here, at least closed up all winter. Right. And not only that, when there is hunter or hunting, it is severely restricted. You know, you have to get into a lottery system to even get a tag to hunt. Let, let me just say that we become so domesticated that these creatures would have no problem surviving, getting healthy, fat, and strong out there. And I'm going to give you an example. And this is going to take us back over 20 years. I used to live in Indiana. And uh, I was in my 20s. But even when I lived there, we, we our agricultural product, corn, soybean, whatever we are growing on that farmland, was so great that they used to open to anybody, no number allowed, kill as many white-tailed deer that you can because they were destroying the crops that feed us and our livestock. So if you bought a hunting license, you could kill 10 deer if you could right. If you could gut it and house it. Right. And that was 20, tw yeah. over 20 years ago. So. Yeah, and around the same time... Uh, I was still in the military when you were living out there. Right. And uh, we, where I was stationed, we had a problem with the hogs, the feral hogs. Right. Now, you could get a hunting license, and you were allowed 50 a year just because they didn't want them tearing up the golf course. Right. So, And that's kind of what's going on here, too. That's funny. He says feral hogs because if you go down south, they're going to give you the same license. Right. Because yeah. they breed in numbers. Right. And... Good example, we're not out there hunting anymore, so they're just populating like crazy. And and that'd be a, an easy food source for the Sasquatch. Just right. like the story we heard where it looked like one was slammed against a tree, even the, the rib bone was still stuck in the tree. Right. 
These are just theories that we present. Um, I know that one of our fans out there emailed me, and he has some theories. So if you want to get in touch with us, we read your email. Bring your theories, and let's talk about them. Yeah, yeah, we read the email, and uh, I, I do agree with uh, some of it. Uh, the rest, I, I would like to hear his point of view and why he has those theories. Well, that's why I invite him on. Right. Come tell your point of view. We're not going to judge you. Just no, like no, no, and, and, and that's why we watch all these documentaries or these uh, conferences with people speaking. It's interesting to hear other theories and how they came about it because, to me, all of this is all theory. It is. Oh, there's, we really don't know enough to say, okay, this is fact. You know, we, I, I know for a fact they exist. I had an encounter, but I don't have the evidence to prove it, so a lot of people won't take it as fact. Well, and, and that's what science says. You need evidence to back up your fact. Right. And, well, no one has it. Nope, I could show them my underwear and how I peeled out to get out of there. But. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, and you're right. There's so many sightings out there, and I'm not going to call these people crazy or liars because I'd be one of them. Because, as I said, we've been out there. I haven't had my sighting, but I have heard noises. Right. And, you know, it's, it's just like sightings throughout the whole country. Right. That's all they have is their word. Right, and even if you're a... a a somewhat believer on the fence. Sometimes you hear a story and you're still not completely sold. Right. Like when I had my encounter, it took me a few days, but I, I called him and I told him about it. And the first thing he asked me was, are you sure somebody wasn't messing with you? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, that's the first thing I'm going right. to think of. Was, was your friends up there just bullshitting you or I don't, I don't know. But now that you know the area, you know, there was no one up there. No. Now that we went and we rock, we recreated the whole situation it gave me a better perspective and i have a better appreciation because i'm like okay you were up here i i could see it up there with the kids alone i know the area i know and in my mind to play that out and have that experience happen again i'm like yeah that would have scared me too it yep. scared the shit out of me and, and uh that's kind of the same time i i took up working out so I, all I got to do is outrun my slowest kid. <laughs> You're like, which one is going to be it? Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. Hope you don't hear that. <laughs> anyway, no, no you're right. Yeah. I mean, that would have been terrifying. It was. I mean, no weapon, no nothing, not expecting it. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it kind of creates, uh, shall we say, an obsession. No, no. Like, like we've talked in previous episodes, I've always been obsessed or intrigued with from the first time Leonard Nimoy presented right, right. it on, what was it, Unknown or? Uh, the search, in Search Of? In Search Of, yes. Yeah. Uh, since that first episode, and I was like, and you know, and they showed a little footage of, I don't think I don't think it was the Bob Gimlin yeah, film. Yeah, it was. It was, was it? Yeah, that's what well, it was. Well, that I saw that and I was like, oh, "Oh my god." Yeah. These creatures are out there. And as you get older, you just Yeah, and uh there was an event that turned us in a different direction and we kind of got consumed by it and uh Yes. You see all these memes on Facebook, and it's true. They show the guy laying in bed with his girl, and she's saying, I bet he's thinking about other girls. And he's thinking, I wonder what Sasquatch eats. Doing, right? <laughs> yeah, she's, she's thinking he's thinking about other girls, and he's thinking about squatching. But no, this, this can consume you. Um, 
if you're out there and you hear noises or you want to know what it is because you're out there all alone and what is making these noises? Right. I mean, uh, and if you're somewhere familiar with your area of the animals, you could debunk most of it. Well, we but, have. But there's still some things that, you know, you really can't explain away. I'm I'm talking about we know what certain animals make, what certain sounds. But there, when the sun starts going down, and when the sun's down and you start hearing certain vocalizations, certain screams that you're like, yeah. that, that's not a man. Well, that... Right. That's that's not a human being, and that's not an animal. What is it? Yeah, I was watching a, a show, when, uh, and they had some sounds recorded and uh, their stories, and the the big thing is uh, they had specialists analyze it, and they're like, well, that, that can't be a man because of the lung capacity. No. Period. See. And the vocal range, that's the big thing. But yet we've had people take those same recordings and say, this isn't a man because of... The octaves, there's like two octaves combining into one to make those sounds. Right. And they're like definitely human vocal cords, but it's like they got two sets because they, they could achieve two octaves at the same time, which produced the screams and the sounds that we hear, which resonate throughout the forest or the mountains, depending where you're at. Right, right. But um, it always gets me when these people have these... Uh, or they want to expl- explain an encounter or something they heard, but they're right away, oh, it's got to be a squatch. It's got to be, you know. I mean, Without, yeah, it's those uh, two. taking a, a step back and thinking, well, can it be this? Can it be that? Because we have heard a lot of stuff, and we, we've even heard stuff we've never heard before, but we were able to explain it. Right. Like we found out what a distressed rabbit sounds like when he's being chased. And, oh, and that's pretty creepy. It, it's scary, actually. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's right there at your camp and right. <laughs> that thing's screaming bloody murder. And running right in it you feel like it's gonna come to your camp. It's that close. And the screams that thing make, they're horrifying. Yep. If you don't believe us, go online and look for uh what's a dying rabbit. Yeah. Cause we heard that live. <laughs> Yeah, and it was louder than you think. Or not only that, even mountain lions, they make some creepy sounds too. And I mean, if you never heard them before, uh, sometimes it even sounds like a woman out there screaming. Yeah, but back to the rabbit that night, it, we heard it screaming. And then all of a sudden, you you knew it lost its flight because it just let a yelp out and that was it. Done. Quiet. I'm like, up. Oh. He's done. And we never heard it again. Nope, not a peep. But it was frightening. And, uh, you know, these creatures, we, I was just watching videos before we came on because that's what we do. And they were talking about how the natives used to say, don't go out when you hear a baby crying in the wilderness because they knew that there's no babies out there as late at night. There's no squaws out there with the babies. What it was is squatches mimicking the human voice. Right. And this video was talking about, yeah, that's what they do. So good word of practice, like the native said, don't go out at night. But they were wondering, they said it was occurring during the times when women were pregnant or when women were ovulating. Hmm. That's when they would hear the baby cries. And they were thinking, are they trying to draw the women out for... Who knows what purpose? Right. Uh, maybe take the baby. I don't know. Because 
when I had my encounter, like I said, that first one that yelled, I'm pretty sure it's a female just by the pitch of the voice. And, right. And I know she was interested in the kids I had. Well, and you're right. Because yeah. the male had a deeper voice, and he just walked by and kept going. He didn't until, care. Until the, somebody screamed. Right. Then he turned around, he's like, what's going on, you know? Right, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, uh, and I'm like, nothing to see here. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> he's like, why are you stopping? You you want those kids? Right. Now, we, we've heard a lot of stuff in the forest, but one thing we have not heard is a baby crying. No. Now, if we hear that, I Sasquatch probably won't even enter my mind at first. Uh, the thing that'll enter my mind is, holy shit, I've seen this in a scary movie. Right. Now, I mean, if we do happen to hear that one night, I think, we'll, come, come on, where we're at, we're, there's no babies out there. No. I think that'll be like, mm, maybe we should leave. Wait a minute, because think about this. They hear that sound when women are either knocked up or ovulating. We burn whatever hear that. <laughs> I'll be like, whoa. <laughs> they said they took out my gallbladder. What they did to me? <laughs> Uh, so I don't think we'll ever hear that. Yeah, but still, you never know. It, it could be a ploy to pull somebody in there. Like it, it could be, but like they said, it happened mostly at that time. And I do believe that they're they're not dumb creatures, right? And we hear all the stories that natives say that they steal the young women, native, you know, forest brides, forest brides, yeah. and they just take women. Period. And I'm like, well. I, I don't know. I don't live among them, so I don't know what they have or how big their clans are or their tribes, the breeding. I don't know, but who knows? Right. And um, as far as mimicking like the babies, I've heard them. I haven't heard them, but I've heard stories of them mimicking other things uh, like the loggers. They, they could they say they hear something mimicking their equipment or even like uh, <coughs> mimicking a voice like because there'll be kids that say oh i heard it sounded like my mom calling me right or or people have said that uh they've heard them call like their pets names so they're trying to lure the dog into the forest and and the guy's like wait that sounds like me calling my dog okay now funny you should mention pets because i watched a video yesterday or day before and uh Man, I forget. No, it was one of these, I, I don't know if it was small town monsters, but they're interviewing this guy and he caught it on tape and you could see a silhouette of something in the back, uh, you know, not a whole lot going on. You, It looked like it moved a little, but the thing that uh, the people who were analyzing it said was he had his dog with him. Now, how come <clears throat> his dog wasn't going nuts? A dog would. Yeah, that's what I mean, especially if that's a new smell to the right. dog. or so There's two things the dog will do. It'll, it'll either get aggressive because it thinks it could take it, or if it's so overwhelming and terrifying, the scent, they're going to cower and cry. Right. We, we've heard stories of both. Right. So if that dog was just non-complacent, especially a small dog, then I don't... Yeah, yeah, it, it might might have been nothing at all. He just thought he saw something. Right, right. Yeah, that was just one point they brought up. And and that's a good point. I mean, because we've heard it many times that even on documentaries, they say where we were trying to track it. They say we have the best bloodhounds in the state. They pulled those dogs out and they fear to go into the woods. Right. Why? 
We know why, but yeah, we. But uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's strange because uh, these dogs, uh, th- maybe they've never encountered one before, but for some reason, the smell is enough to turn them around. Well, it's it's here. Here's my thing. Like they say, they say never show fear to a dog because a dog could smell fear. They say a dog could smell fear on us. That's why they're like never back down to a dog, even if he growls at you. And, I mean, you're a human. You're smarter. If he does attack you, handle it, right? Right. Don't panic and cry like a little... I, let me phrase that. <laughs> Don't cry and panic. Beep, beep, beep. All yeah, right. there you go. So these creatures probably put off a pheromone that says, I'm king of these woods. And those animals smell it, and they say, not a chance. Or, you know, an, another thing I was thinking about, because I, I did see the one where <clears throat> the bloodhounds didn't want to go up the mountain. Right. Now, could it be uh, squatted down up the mountain a, a little ways and maybe growling where only the dogs could hear it and not the Infrasound. people? Infrasound. Right. Right. And they're like, ah, no. Yeah. But most of the time, if if something growls at a dog, even a bear, if a bear growls at a dog, that dog's going to go bark back. That dog's going to try and stand its ground. The bear may eventually kill it, but the dog will try to stand its ground. Right, right. But uh, when we talk about infrasound, that's something different. It is. The predators use that to, uh, it triggers fear. It paralyzes. Right. Yeah. So infrasound paralyzes the human body. So these dogs, I think they smell, and they're like, and they smell and hear the growl, and they're like, ain't no way. Right. They're like, I I could sense the power from the growl in that thing, and I'm not about to go. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and eat my dog food. Yeah, but what's funny is, uh, I bet if you take a chihuahua, that fucker. Oh, that guy beep. That guy won't back down. No, we don't have to beep on this. Oh, okay. Because them chihuahuas, for being pint-sized little suckers, they don't back down. Oh, they think they're fucking king of the hill. Yeah. And they're not. But anyway, I mean, these are theories. We've, we've went through many theories tonight, but they're all valid. Uh, it is what it is. Right. And, and one thing that sparked this is that email, because he was telling us his theories. Right. And uh, it, interesting, interesting, good email. It, it is. Here's, here's the interesting thing. We look at videos and we have a different perspective. Uh, like I said, his email showed his perspective. Uh, I'd like to hear it live. But that's what he sees through his eyes. Right. When he watches these videos. And I respect it because we don't know. Right. And uh, he, he said he's never had a... A sighting or an encounter, but he hopes to. Well, and, you've had a sighting. Right. I've, I've heard noises. I, I've had both, uh, but still, I mean, it's all theory. Um, I don't know. I still don't know. Just because I, I came within a few yards of him, I, I still don't know any more I did since the day before, you know? No, no, I get it. All I know is uh, they could pretty be pretty damn scary. I, I was going to say, all you know that it's very intimidating. Uh, yep, it is. It will make you fill your britches. Yep. Uh, and uh, funny, I didn't need water to put out that fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and that, that goes back to so many sightings where some people say they've had pleasant sightings and they'd love to do it again, and it's a one-in-a-lifetime thing. And some people have said they would will never step foot in the forest because of their sighting and the interaction they had with them. 
Right. And that, that's how I was at first. Uh, I kind of turned things around. Uh, I'd still like to have another sighting, maybe from a distance. <laughs> well, um, I think everyone wants a sighting from a distance, but if you happen to have that up close and personal sighting and no one knows how your experience is going to be, right? except you. Right. After all said and done. <laughs> yep. But I'm still waiting for mine. Um, I will say you, if you're listening and you said you subscribed, thanks for the email. We appreciate it. All right. And thanks to all of you who subscribed. That's right. All of you guys. Um, just uh, then all of you guys email us. There you go. Let's talk about your theories too, like we talk about ours. So, you know, we went off tangent a little bit. We we bounced around, but we stood on track because... Well, that's kind of what we do, though. That's what we do. And we hope you enjoyed what we brought to you tonight. And if you got any suggestions, you guys know how to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to come and talk to us about your theories or your suggestions, we're willing to do it. Yep, we'll be that ear. That's right. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to reach out to us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.